Welcome to Secret Skin on the Infinite Guest Network, distributed by American Public Media, produced and edited by the Platform Collection, recorded in a closet by me. This is like the third time My podcast theme doesn't have no word And this podcast is called Secret Skin That's an abstraction of Secret Skin by Bus Driver Not his real skin, but the name of one of his songs This podcast is called Secret Skin This podcast is also not called a podcast Yeah, yeah it's also got another name that is called the Secret Radio Hour. Sometimes to some people that I don't want to say Secret Skin to, I think. Other than that, I believe in quantum physics, so no name is static and accurate. See what I did there, guys? It's called cheating. It's called cheating. Welcome to Secret Skin. My name is Michael. Open Michael, Eagle Michael, Eagle. And um, I greet you in the name of hurriedness of being rushed. I'm against the wall here, folks. I'm against the gun. I am going to start a European tour on Sunday. And today is Friday. So I am recording the introduction to this podcast at the very last minute. I'm going to Europe. I'm going to start in London and I'm playing shows in France and Switzerland and Germany and Austria and I know none of you asked me that but this is my time to plug things. You're going to hear this on Monday if you're smart. My tour starts Tuesday. You got time. All around the world. You got time. Even though it might be Monday some places and Tuesday other places. Don't you concern yourself with that, okay? Just get a ticket to something. Preferably something I'm at. And enjoy yourself. I was supposed to work on this yesterday. I ended up at the doctor yesterday. I suffered a very stupid injury. I changed earrings recently. I had hoop earrings in my ears since my ears were pierced almost 15 years ago. And I started to see pictures of myself in hoop earrings and I started to regard myself as a pirate, either the seafaring variety or or the baseball playing variety, either one. I just didn't, it didn't seem like me to have these uh, these tiny hoops. Um, so I wanted to change to some, to some different kinds of ear fashion. I found online these black flat circle earrings and I, and I liked the way they look. So I ordered a pair and I put them in, I'm like, oh, these are great. And then I proceeded to lose them. I lost about three pair over the course of two months or so. And when I bought the fourth pair, I reasoned that I'm losing them because I'm leaving them too loose and the backs are coming off. So I'm going to press the backs as tight into my ear as they possibly can. And one of my ears decided, oh, you want this really close? Well, guess what? We're going to envelop it inside of us. You wanted it so close, 
now you're gonna have it in you forever so one of my ears grew over the back of the earring I didn't know this till one day when I was driving I was on tour with Serengeti and it was great um, I went and felt my ear and I was like hmm this is odd this earring is firmly in place but there is no back to this earring there is however a strange earring back shaped lump underneath my ear I put two and two together and then subtracted two and I started to freak out a little bit but um it was okay I had to go to the doctor and get it surgically removed yesterday so I didn't work on the podcast because I was too busy being being laughed at by doctors and nurses at my local health facility thank you I didn't want to feel alone in my stupid injury, though. The stupidity, stupidity, of my injury. So I put it out to the social media verse for people to share some of their own stupid injuries. And I have them here. And I'm going to transcribe a couple for you. That's actually not true. Transcribing would be as if I heard these stories and I wrote them down. I'm going to do the opposite. The opposite of transcription. I'm going to read them aloud. Read them aloud. Stupid injury. That's dumb. Our first story, our first act of bravery, comes from my good friend Uncommon Nassau, New York. And uh, just for fun, I'm going to read his story in his voice. One time, when they rebuilt the Staten Island Ferries Terminal 1 train stop, I was running for the boat, which is the norm. The boat comes once every 30 minutes, and nine times out of ten when you're on a train, it gets there with one minute to spare. The station was totally rebuilt, and when you got to the top of the stairwell to get outside, you were actually on a platform that had about four steps back down to street level. This was not something I was aware of, so when I got to the top, I ran straight up to the edge of the four steps and fell exactly flat on my face. Happened so fast I wasn't sure what happened. Luckily, I got my hands up so I didn't crack my skull open. My hands were mad scratched up. I think from appearances, the sound and image, if you didn't see what I did, was that I had dropped from the sky. I kind of just did it so fast that I appeared on the floor to anyone turning around. People asked if I was okay. I wasn't, but I said I was. I dusted myself off and ran for the boat and made it like a true Staten Islander would. I then nursed my injuries on my seat. It sucked. Stupid injury. That's dumb. Our next brave contestant is Leela. She sent me this heartwarming tale, and once again, for fun, I'm going to read it in her voice. Hey Mike, remember in 2009 when Get On was a thing? If you don't know what I'm talking about, here's a video that explains it. HTTPS colon front slash front slash www.youtube.com front slash watch question mark V equals TCPN underscore FDQ 051. 
So I was trying to recreate the glitching Natalia part of this dance. And as I was jumping up and down like a complete dum-dum, I accidentally stepped on my backpack that was on the floor. I fell and my foot made this weird sound that I can only describe as a porcelain doll falling on a carpeted surface. At this very moment, as I sat there on the floor, my right foot bursting with pain and this J-pop song faintly playing in the background, I had to face the cold reality. I am one of those people that likes internet memes, ugh, and tries to recreate them at 1am in a room alone. I had hit nerd rock bottom. I broke one of my toes and had to wear a cast for almost two months and lie to everyone. In fact, this is the first time I'm telling anyone the true story behind the great broken toe incident of 2009. I hope this qualifies as a stupid injury story. I was going to add the part where I see my reflection on the TV as I had the nerd realization, but this is already way too dramatic and filled with cheap cliches. Stupid injury. That's dumb. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Secret Skin, and today on our show we have my interview with Yoni Wolf of Y. This is part one of the interview with Yoni Wolf from Y. It's conducted at his pad in Cincinnati, in his kitchen actually. Um, we sat on either side of his kitchen divider, talked. We had a really good conversation. One thing I'm starting to notice about all the people that I interview. The reason that they all inspire me, the reason why I have so much admiration for a lot of these people, Yoni especially, is because these are people who've become successful carving out their own path. Yoni started with a hip-hop collective called Anticon. Anticon rose in prominence in the early 2000s as this leftist kind of progressive hip-hop outfit. And they made a lot of waves saying that they were making like the true progressive hip-hop music and it made a lot of the old guard especially in the underground of rap really uncomfortable uh, mostly because this collective anacon was a lot of white or just non-black artists and hip-hop being a traditionally black medium um, with them saying that they were making the advanced music was making some people uncomfortable um other artists in this collective include uh soul Dose One, Telephone Jim Jesus, got Yoni, of course, Alias, Pedestrian, I believe Stage Francis began with Anacon as well. It's a pretty big collective, and we spent a lot of this interview kind of talking about how Anacon was formed. Near the end of this interview, we start to get into how he started really emerging as an artist on his own and investing his attention in his own projects and how that began to catapult him forward. So here it is, from his pad in Cincinnati, my talk with Yoni Wolf of Why. There's a secret radio hour. This is it. And there we go. Okay. There we go. I usually end up starting with just some type of random conversation and then kind of introducing who I'm talking to. This could be the random conversation right here. I think, I think it is. I think we're going to get meta and have the random conversation be about the random conversation. Good. That uh, it turns out to be. But um, we're here in Cincinnati at the home of one Yoni Wolf. Welcome back. 
<laughs> here because last time I was interviewing you, and now yeah, you're interviewing me. This that is was good. a fantastic good. interview too, man. That was that was a great time. We well, all, it was all you, buddy. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, you and your interview style, your uh, your bedside interview man, I think <laughs> had a lot to do with that too. Thank you. But um, Mr. Wolf, we're in Cincinnati. Have, did you grow up in Cincinnati? Yes. You did. Yeah. Okay. And then, so. The first I had heard of your stuff was with like the early Anacon movement. See, you're, you're still repping. <laughs> yeah, I had to wear. I knew I was going out to a hip hop show tonight. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I better wear my gear. So yeah, and, and Anacon. Um, do you? I mean, that's that's an interesting question. There. I mean, do you still feel very like connected to Anacon as a as a as a? Because it used to be more of a statement, kind right. of. And and now it's it seems like it's morphing into like just like a, a great indie label, but more of like an indie label. You know, do you still feel yeah. the connection to it that you did before? Yeah, I mean, what you said is true. Like it, it, it's you know, and I I think about it as a, as a as a label now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, it used to have that feeling of, of more like a, a, a posse or whatever, right, and right. It had, you know that was like there was a certain. Uh, you know, there was a, cer a certain like camaraderie with that, and there was a certain cachet in a way. Yeah, I think yeah, too, yeah, yeah, like yeah. saying like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm from this crew, right. or whatever." Not that we were like all that or whatever, but we we you know we had our thing, we had our people, and we did something um, that people respected, I guess. And uh, yeah, that was cool. At this point, it's so variant. You know, like we just put out so many different things, mm -hmm. and um, which is good. You know, we've diversified and. and uh, I still, you know, like you, like you see, yeah. I'm still repping it, but but uh, it's not something that is, uh, I don't know, as ingrained in my identity, maybe, right. perhaps. I don't right. know. Because it's, it's changing a lot. Yeah, it's changed a lot. I still like it a lot. I think it's a very um, reputable label. I think we put out good records, right. you know? Yeah. Uh, should I agree, man? Some amazing stuff coming out of Anaconda these days. I mean, Young Father's yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bad stuff is crazy, of course, Serengeti stuff. Um, so coming from Cincinnati, like, how did how did you even get hooked up with a lot of those cats? Because, I mean, even thinking about it now, I'm not certain where a lot of y'all were from originally. Like, yeah. I think Dose was from out here, right? Was he from Ohio? Dose, Dose, oh. talking about Dose 1. For the folks yeah. listening at home, well, I, I I met him here. Mm -hmm. He went to college here. Oh, okay. Basically, so he he grew up. Uh, they can check my podcast with for him for for extremely detailed um, accounts of Adam's whole childhood and, and everything. That's that's the Wandering Wolf <laughs> podcast, by the way. Is that on iTunes and all that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah definitely check but, it out. But but he he uh, yeah he grew up mostly in in Philly uh, and. Jersey, and and uh, spent some some years in Cleveland, and then and then moved here for college. Okay, with his, with his family, so he his, was all over the place. His family moved here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, was he the first one that you had met out of the people who started Anacon? Yeah, but that was before Anacon. Right. So basically, like, I met Adam. That's when I started to become um, privy to underground rap at all. Okay. Before that, to me, like native tongues was underground. Okay. That's what I thought. 
So were you listening to Native Tongues? Yeah. Was that like in high school? You know, primarily. Like what 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 else were you listening to? Like what was like your favorite hip hop shit in like high school? Like what was like your go to type of? Um, like what happened? What would be in like your tape deck? Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like. I mean, I have to go albums. Mm -hmm. I have to go mm -hmm. albums because it was all about the specific albums yeah. for me. It was like Midnight Marauders was sure. the first one that blew me, blew me away. Me and too, then, honestly. Uh, Balloon Mind State. Mm -hmm. 93. 93. <laughs> 93 shit. And then, um, you know, the Wu-Tang stuff to a lesser extent, speaking of that year, yeah. uh, but to, to a lesser extent for me, for me it was more about Grave Diggers, to be honest. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, that first record. And then... Um, uh, AT aliens, okay. Atlians, whatever the fuck you call it. I think it's AT aliens. AT aliens, outcast, um, and it was. That's a good smattering, I think. Okay. But yeah, okay. I mean, like the first Far Side things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, know. I was into a lot of that stuff too. That's a lot of the exact same thing I was listening to. I think we talked about this last time when I was on your podcast as well. But I was listening to like a lot of rock music really before, and then um. The albums that kind of like really sucked me into hip hop, even though it was always around me, I kind of like eh, I never really gave a shit. But yeah, like, Midnight Marauders. Yeah, um, Do You Want More from the Roots? Oh, oh I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. that, yeah, 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 that, that was huge for me. Yeah, uh, Common Sense's Resurrection was huge for me, and then um, and then the Wu Tang stuff, but via ODB. Like, okay, his okay. album really yeah. like yeah. I was like oh like I used to yeah. um, remember that video jukebox channel. Yes, I used to call that and order shimmy shimmy out video, <laughs> and then like, and then, and then go hide when the phone bill came. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that do you want more of us huge? The, yeah, blue, the blue one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Like that. That to me was like, especially coming from from me mostly listening to rock music, just having like that vibe, but then the instrumentation of the band. It was the same for me because yeah. I was. You know, I wasn't listening to rock music really at the time. I mean, I, I, I was still listening to like music from like the '60s and '70s, like okay. my parents' music. Okay. And then, um, but I was in bands. I was like playing drums. Okay. Okay. In, in, okay. in like garage bands, like pizza eating, pot smoking. You know, like <laughs> after, jam after out. school yeah. jam outs. Yeah. So like, for, and and we would freestyle. So right. like, I would play drums. And we would like freestyle and uh, try to be. You know, you put on a New York accent. That's how you rap. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and so yeah, we would do that. And and so when I heard the roots, it was like, oh man, like that's those are real drums. That's yeah. real. Yeah. So anyway. And also in that vein, I remember really liking that first Boogie Monsters album. I did not know that one. Okay. No. There. So like they had a big their big song was recognized thresholds and negative stress. So like their thing was that they had a band too. But they were like kind of ahead of their time in this weird way where like they made the band stuff kind of sound like samples. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. everything was mixed kind of like really crazy for the time. So that was another one was like, okay, they have like a kind of rock feel. But yeah. like just kind of leftist hip hop that I was into. I didn't call it that or nothing like that at the time. I just liked weirdos. You know what I mean? Dick Will Planets. Dick yeah, That's another one I forgot. Of yeah, both of those albums. Yeah. So you meet Dose or Adam. Yeah, but you meet him, and are you well, are you in college or, or are you I college saw, age? I or? was I was eighteen. Okay, and the year before college, and I saw him at Scribble Jam. Okay, so you that was the year with Eminem and now, everything. 
I scribble. Scribble hurts me. Scribble really hurts me. I don't know if I talked about that. Just because you never got to go. Yeah, I, was it cool. wasn't even I didn't get to go. Yeah. I just never went. Right. You know I what see, I mean? I like, and, and to look back now, and like, man, that was really important. Yeah. You know, like, all of the stuff and the battles that were happening and the networking that was happening and the the crew statements that were happening, yeah. you know? And then yeah. I was in Southern Illinois not many far. of those years. Yeah. And I knew people going. Five-hour drive, six-hour drive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, which is, like, now, it's like nothing. Nothing, I was yeah. like, no, I'm not going. What are you going to do? There's no place to stay. You know right. what I mean? Right. And it kills me to uh so what what year of scribble jam that was 97 okay so but i had been since 95 the first year okay of, of it which was really like 20 people it was really a graffiti symposium now how close up to that i mean because that was around here right yeah like it wasn't in the city no it's in the city it was i mean it's, okay. it's it's well we're, we're kind of close to the west side and that's on the east side okay but but so still. it's like 20 minutes away yeah okay uh but yeah, that first year I had heard about it from like the there was like the girls that fucked with the the good graffiti crew and they were in my grade like they were like the younger the farm team for the you know what I'm saying for the yeah. um, and we were in the grade with them and they knew we were like the toy writers so they were like oh there's this like thing happening you know with all like like our boyfriends or whatever like, <laughs> if you guys want to watch them paint like yeah yeah so we went and uh, yeah Dibs was there. And uh, some other people, they had a little rapping, no battles. No, this is the first year? That's the first year. Okay. It was like barely a thing. Okay. And then it got more and more. And then by 97, there was a lot of people there. And like uh, Juice and Rhyme Fest came right. down from Chicago. Yeah, see, that's 97. That's 97, yeah. Because that's when Eminem came down from Detroit. I um, So a big portal for me into all of the underground shit was uh, WHPK in Chicago, mm -hmm. College Station. Is that Kev shit? Uh, no, Kev shit was on a station called NUR, and I couldn't okay. get that because I lived too far south. Like that okay. was around Northwestern. But um, the first time I ever heard anybody freestyle was Ryan Fest okay. on the uh, on HBK, and he was talking about having gone to Scribble Scribble Jam with Juice. I'm yeah, like, what the hell is Scribble Jam and all that? So '97 is a year where he where him and Juice and Eminem. They're, so I guess everybody's coming from all over the place. Yeah, there, there's like uh, the other white dude. There was like three white dudes, Dose and Eminem and another guy. And <laughs> that guy came from uh, Louisville. Uh, there there were, uh, yeah, people came from everywhere. Okay. Yeah, not everywhere, everywhere, but, you know, anywhere within an eight-hour radius of Cincinnati. And then, um, so you meet Adam. Yeah, well, I, I didn't actually talk to him there. Everybody's like, oh, it's that, that's this dude from Philly. It's a dude from Philly. So I thought he was from Philly because he grew up there, and that's what he was claiming. Right. Because it sounded harder than being like, yeah, I live here. I got to college. And it's so, um, and then he got up there, and it was just like, what the yeah. fuck? No, I still see some of those. I go back and I look. Nasty. And I'm, I disgusting. Just, and, and, and even more disgusting than how crazy it was just on its own, just knowing that there was no template for any of that right. at the time. Where like right. everything, cause I'm from Chicago and the way I learned how to freestyle was set up punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Line, well, that's what Ju line. Juice and Ron fed. Exactly. And they're very, that very was, good at it. They yeah. were, you know, they were headmasters of yeah. my school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they weren't necessarily there, but like, that's who we were all looking up to. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you know, we used to go to this place called Point in Chicago and practice all skills or whatever. And Ryan Fest would be there occasionally, and that, that's whose tapes I'd be bumping. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, set up punchline, and then you know, like you watch these videos and see Dose just just styling out of control, but so confident, like you know, bizarre, like yeah, like crazy. weird offbeat shit, like yes. influenced by like you know the the. LA guys, I guess, like, you know, Freestyle Fellowship and shit, like, I didn't know at the time, but I know he was listening to that, and then, but, but with a, a, a like a criminal East Coast ruggedness, yeah. like, it, that, to me, it reminded, of, of camouflage, right, and, and, and gloves, boots, or something. <laughs> it, it reminded me, actually, of, and I can't say then, because I didn't even see it then, but when I watch it, it reminds me of, um, like, Bay Area stuff, like, Saphir, it really reminds me of Saphir, like, yeah. He, he was a huge severe fan. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So you meet y'all. Well, okay, so you see him. I met him a couple months later at, okay. at school. I just right. saw him randomly. Now I you were in school too. I I had just started at, at UC. Okay. Uh, University of Cincinnati, uh, and he had maybe he had had one or two years there. He's okay. a couple years older than me. And uh, yeah, just randomly ran into him on campus. And just started talking to him, was really nervous. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we started hanging out, and you know, he started playing me all this underground shit. Like, you know, I remember he played me boxcar sessions, like, probably the first time we met, and a bunch of local shit, like 5Ds, or okay. like these local guys 5Ds here. 5Ds was around back then? Yeah. Wow, I yeah. had no idea. I didn't he, hear about 5D was, until like 2001 or two. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was doing shit with uh, Fat John, yeah. you know. Now he was and, a producer for 5Ds, right? Right. Fat John, yeah. yeah. And then he was also doing shit with Jay Rawls. Okay. Um, who, I'm not sure what he does now, but I'm sure he does. He's probably... You know, I think he's out in Columbus and he's still doing it. I think I met yeah. him when I was on tour with Homeboy Salmon. I think he came... To make sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he and he played me some of his shit, and it was like so so raw and so like dirty four track shit that yeah. I I really responded to that. I was like, wow, like it sounds so homemade. So and you intimate. so so in that sense, he really introduced you to like underground, like exactly, uh, completely, like, completely. I see. Like I didn't know, like I didn't know at all, and um. Yeah, we just started hanging out from there, and and we started a band together. What was the band called? It's called Apogee. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, basically uh, he brought Dibs in, and I brought like all the musicians. So uh, Dibs was in the band too. Dibs was in the band, Holy yeah. Shit. And and then it was a young super group. <laughs> it was yeah, and, and, yeah. My brother was in it. Okay. Um, yeah, a bunch of bunch of other musicians from here. It was like it was really like a improv funk freestyle thing right. is really and what Jizz I was, was like cutting Jizz was cutting food. like it was basically him and Adam would trade off who was sort of uh, doing you, you were playing drums I was playing percussion okay so I had an insane like percussion setup oh, shit. and like at one point I had a shopping cart that I just had everything in and just like or like you know uh, clamp to and oh, stuff and tight. it was just my little setup some hobo shit <laughs> but um yeah, so we did that for a while, and then we started meeting these other guys. So who 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 would you say you met first? I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about Future Anaconda. Yeah. So who, yeah. who would you say you met first? After next, after you know, after. I, like for me, a lot of it happened through, through Adam. Yeah. Most of it happened through Adam. Okay. Like 
because I was a very shy guy at the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't even tell Adam that I rapped, I don't think, like, for a you while. Know, right, and I, you know, it, it was oh, something you know, that so I did. I'm skipping over something. Yeah. So when did you start? Um, okay, so you said in the garage band days, you were, yeah. you guys were freestyling. Yeah, we were freestyling, and I would, I would, you know, like, whenever, whenever, uh, that song before I am I be the instrumental thing came on. <laughs> I would always freestyle to that, just shitting over Maceo Parker's oh, horns, God. and uh, that you know. So and then I would put that on loop on my disc man, you know, and and then just just rap to that, blowing the soul out of his horns. Yeah, exactly right. Shit. I had a little blue notebook and I would write little raps and it, and it was so you know influenced by that native tongue shit. and they just trying to be that trying to be cool yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah so that but I didn't really show that to anybody I did a couple times I did like you know I did like a talent show at school and then I did like um, this program this actually, this program actually helped me a lot. It was this summertime program called Artworks. Okay, and uh, this was in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, okay. which like, as a, as like a student apprentice, you get paid like minimum wage to be there and learn how to uh, paint furniture or like paint murals, okay. you know, for the city or or be in a music thing. And like learn music and like go play at old folks' homes okay. and rec centers. So like I did that, and they put me on as uh, a rapper. It okay. was it was me, like this little white boy and this like six foot five black girl. Like a, <laughs> I was like short and stocky, and she was tall and string beanie, and like we were the two rappers, and. Um, yeah, that that was like the first time that I ever got out and like rapped in front of people. Okay. And what year? What, I mean, this that was '97. That okay. was that same summer. So it was the summer after high school. Summer after okay. high school. I graduated okay. in '97. Um, I'm doing that that summer, and then saw Dose at Scribble Jam in August. I okay. think it was, and then all that other shit that I said. And yeah. so you you were, you know, at that time, I'm guessing you guys are going around to old folks' home and you were like, you were like performing your written material? Yeah, then? about unity. Okay. <laughs> so that was the subject Word. that they gave us. Like, all right, we're going to write a song about unity. Okay. So me and Walia, we, we would write, we each wrote a verse and then I think we wrote a chorus that we'd rap together or whatever. And so, okay, so you're 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 writing, and but you and and by the time you meet Adam and start working with him, you're kind of like writing on a low, kind of. Like yeah. You're, not, you're writing. Are you recording then too? No. Okay. No, I I I I got a four track in December of '97. Okay. After having met Adam and like so everything's kind of just chilling with him that, that fall. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's how he does this. With a four, I'm getting a four track like, and I'm gonna do this too because right. I really wanted. I like this. You right. know? And um, I never looked back from there. It was just like, it clicked. It just clicked. Word. Yeah. So you're making music with Adam. You guys are just making live stuff mostly in this band. Mm -hmm. And then he's starting to kind we of... Did, we did record everything. Okay. Everything got recorded. It exists somewhere. It just never, like, never, like, released anything. No, and we never... It was always just practices. And right. we didn't, like... 
we would be like two mics in a room. You know what I mean? We didn't like do shows, layer shit. And we did do shows. Oh, okay. We did shows. Uh, and we actually would like sell places out. Tight. Because we were, I mean, it was mostly Adam again, but I was, I was like, I helped. It was me and Adam running around UC. Yeah. Um, right, campus. You guys like the live kids on campus. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, we, we got a show this Friday. We got a show this Friday. Every so Everyone you see that day, you tell. Mm -hmm. And we would hand out. There were a couple times where we, there was one time actually where we handed out shards of records with with uh, the show information on, you know, shit like that. Yeah, like, creative really. sticky stuff. Yeah. yeah. Adam was a marketing major, so you know, he, he was on fire with that kind of shit. I mean, you know, that's that's funny. I mean, me and Getty kind of come from a similar scene in, in Southern Illinois University where we were from. Like, he was a little, he was like a year or two ahead of it than I was, but that same kind of like yeah. campus hip hop activity, yeah. kids running around doing shows and all that, and rap exhibitions all the time, yeah. free form areas, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, y'all are on campus, y'all are getting it in. I mean, and so. Y'all still in school when he starts bringing other people around it would eventually become Yeah, so yeah, so we were we were we started then we moved in together the next year. So now like we, we we were it's fast going. friends. It was like I got a four track and we just started like fucking around with that. Like we started working on that and uh did all that green think shit like which is like the first stuff that we did together and I did a, a solo uh album um, you know, on that, he and, and you were were you known by Yoni Wolf at all of this? Why? Well, okay, it was under why? Yeah, because that was my graffiti name. Okay, so why, just, why with the question mark? Yeah. Okay. So everybody just called me Y, and uh, you know, in in the in the rap world, and yeah, I mean, we basically what happened was I think through Dibs. Adam met Soul okay. and and those guys. So there was a contingency uh, up in contingent, uh, a contingent one, yeah, one of those <laughs> up, up in Maine. And, which, and that's is that where Soul's from, Maine? Yeah. Okay. Him, Alias. Okay. And then um, Pedestrian was up there, though he's not from there. He's okay. like from Cali and some other places, but Virginia, I think. But but uh, he was he was up there living with them at the time. Then it was like the Canada dudes, like Buck sixty five and, and six two. There was uh, Slug and all them up in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Uh, there was like uh, all the shapeshifters dudes right. in L A. These are all dudes that we were ha we were like having conversations with, like that we had met through through music and through like. Uh, Websites. There was like this site called ATAK, A-T-A-K, okay. uh, that was run by this dude P minus, and he would buy your tapes from you uh, for you know five dollars a piece and then sell them for ten or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we all started selling our shit on there. We dub it deck to deck yeah, yeah, yeah. on a, a tape machine. That tape machine right there actually, and oh wow, you know. Uh, send send them to P minus, and you you get other people's shit from there. It was just that that tape trade mm -hmm. or, or sandbox kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But like less legit sandbox. Right. I felt like was more legit. <laughs> they, like, they put on that. Yeah, they, they made it look like. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know, and then then there was like once we met pedestrian, like he started sending us like really underground L A shit, like fucking uh, uh, 
Cholo Cinco mm-hmm. or whatever, Cholo and Tumex, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know just like weird freestyle shit that you get like who the fuck what so what, the what, fuck? what year are we talking now we still in 98 when when all this starts happening that's 98 okay. yeah okay yeah and yeah so we just started meeting all these people and the label came later you know right. like we did did a crew come first did a name come first or did it all kind of happen around the same time yeah there was no name for a crew it, <laughs> it was just like because and like i said half those people that i just mentioned aren't Anaconda owners or nothing like that. They were just like. So who who were the who were the original owner? Who were, like how many people were owners? Uh, it was I guess I think eight of us. It was okay. it was me and Dose and Odd Nostom from Cincy, mm-hmm. Jeff Gel from from Chicago, and then Alias Pedestrian and Soul. Okay. I think. And then um Bailey who's who who ran the label back then. Okay. That was like the original owner. Now Bailey wasn't an artist at all. No. Okay. No. Okay. He just we hired him to manage the label Word. uh in, in like oh one I think. So what year did the label start? Oh I think it was like oh one, oh two. Okay, okay, okay. Somewhere so. around there. Maybe oh three, you know, like I'm uh, that's like I'm saying like um that's when it became a uh L L C right. But the label started in ninety eight. Okay. Yeah, so like they did this album, or maybe it was 99, they did this album, uh, Deep Puddle Dynamics. Oh, Deep Puddle Dynamics. Now, that's, yeah. that is, if I'm not mistaken, that's Soul Dose and Slug? Soul Dose, Slug, and Alias. Okay, and Al- Alias did, because Alias. And he rapped on it. Did he? Okay. Yeah, and then okay. the production was like Alias, Gel, and maybe Ant. Okay. Um, or somebody else in Minneapolis. So, does sure. Dab only heard a few songs from that? Because. A lot of a lot of like that whole period happened when like I went down I went from Chicago, um, and when I was in Chicago and listening to HBK like I would hear some of the Minneapolis stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like so I was hearing atmosphere. Um, other than that, like a lot of stuff wasn't really getting over there. And by the time I went to school, I was completely off the radar. Like yeah. There was no station or nothing down at the school that was really reliable to play like underground stuff. So it's like, you know, um, Tony who DJs with a uh, Tony Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tony was the hip hop DJ on campus. Okay. So he made mixtapes. That was how I would hear shit. So yeah, like, okay. first time, like I was hearing like, uh, like hearing what was coming out of the Project Boat a little bit. Like, yeah. and, and I was kind of familiar with it, but not like I had heard like a lot of AC Alone stuff, but not the rest. And, yeah. You know, hearing stuff like Cannibal Ox and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so whatever he would put on tape is what I would hear. So I missed a lot of the early beginnings. And I would hear people talk about Deep Puddle Dynamics, for instance. Um, but I, I never actually heard that record. But that was the first, like, yeah, that, offic- that, so, kind so, of official thing. Yeah, because they made that and then, like, nobody wanted to fuck with it, I think, is, is the story. Um, that, you know, they sent it around to labels and... You know, Soul had some relationships here and there. So I mean, so they're talking about labels. They're talking about sending around majors at that time because there I was guess really no... I guess like all the any major rap label yeah. like I, like I don't know Tommy Boy like or like Relativity or, Jive some or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but uh, I think and nobody wanted it. You right. know, it was too... I mean, because in their in, in their minds at that point, they're like, oh, we're like bunch of really good rappers and we're doing you know interesting but it's weird shit and you know and that's like, I mean was it was recorded on four track and shit then too no that stuff was recorded on ADAT okay. I think so it was um, in the studio yeah mm. um, 
Yeah, that was recorded like wherever Slug does his shit. Okay. Or did his shit back then. And yeah, so I guess nobody really wanted to put it out. I don't know why it didn't go to Rhyme Series. I don't know where Rhyme Series was at at that time. Yeah, I think I don't know all the history. Exactly. I think that was still like Headshot's time for right, them. So right. I'm not sure they even had a platform at the time yeah. to do it themselves. Now, how come you weren't a part of that? Because I, I was Dose's boy. I, I, you know, I was like... So you hadn't really made a name for yourself? Not yet. really. Those guys didn't like... You know, I had done stuff. I had done like that green thing stuff but they didn't really like what I was doing and I, when you say they you mean like all the rest of those dudes that I just mentioned really like all the anaconda like they weren't really like down and I mean I don't, I don't want to call them out and say they, they were hating on me but like you know I, I wasn't very outward like right. as, a, as a rapper you know you're you supposed to be mostly. yeah you, you had like a boisterous personality moist like, most <laughs> moist rappers most, <laughs> moist rappers <laughs> most rappers are, are, are boisterous and yeah. extra extrovert type dudes and I was not I was very introverted I was an artist type guy I was you know I would like when I smoked weed I would crawl in the corner and draw you know what I mean yeah, or whatever yeah, like yeah, yeah. and um, <laughs> and that's, that's that's the kind of guy I was so yeah I just wasn't you know outward with it so so uh, I wasn't a part of that that whole those guys are all very alpha male yeah whatever personalities mm -hmm. so um, yeah that's that that that's that. But but yeah. So that they, they decided, I guess, that oh well, we should just make our own label to put this record out, mm -hmm. and that's how the thing started. I okay. Think. Yeah. And so okay, that's the first release, and then it's an official kind of label. It takes a few years before y'all actually make it an LLC. So when is that first at, at um, the um, the one? Um, Music for the advancement <laughs> yeah. of is that music for the advancement of hip hop? Is that what mankind? It is? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure exactly when that came out. Okay. Um, but that caused waves just by the name. Yeah, no, I bought it because of yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What is well, that's this? why it was a marketing. No, play. it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was perfect yeah. in the sense that it also engendered that backlash that was yeah. bound to happen. Yeah, that kind of yeah. thing too. It was all white guys. Yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're coming in here and we're going to fix hip hop <laughs> because, yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's, I don't know. I think that was this, around the same time that Deep Puddle happened. Mm -hmm. I wasn't on that either. You know okay. what I mean? Like, so I wasn't really like accepted so by the larger Anaconda community. What were you community. doing? I would say while they're recording all this stuff, like, what are you doing? Like, well, I was in a group called Stuffed Animals. Okay, now I don't which, know about that. Okay, that never came out because okay. the record never got finished and it never came out. Now, who's that with? That was uh, the, the that group was me, Dose, Soul, Pedestrian, um. And Circus. Fuck, yeah, because I was about to ask you that, okay, because Circus is from the Shapeshifters. I think that was and it. I, and yeah. I'm like, okay, because you were mentioning so I'm like, damn, how come the Shapeshifters never were, like, officially mm -hmm. part of the thing? But I guess Circus, in a way, was. Yeah, he, he would come up, man. Why we did, we did an album with him at some point much later, like, I want to say, oh, three, oh, three, oh, four, he came, oh, three, I think, he came up. And um, I, I produced all his vocals. Now, you came here? No, 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 Oakland. Okay, is that where you were at at the time? Yeah. Okay. So I recorded all his vocals, and all the beats were like maybe no-stone beats. Okay. And maybe some gel beats or something like that. But that was later. But, but yeah, at this point... And I think that never got finished either. You know, there's all kinds of shit like that. I've started. So, so but that's that was 99 when we went out and did that stuffed animals thing. So that was the first time that the dudes were like, okay, Yoni's all right. And 
I mean, yeah. that, that material's got to be crazy classic, though, like that unfinished stuffed animals. I would love to hear that shit. You it was, don't have it? It was really weird. No, I don't okay. have it. Okay. It was really weird shit, if I remember. Like, lots of skits, lots of, like, <laughs> funny shit, though. Um, and then... When I really got accepted, I think was the because Cloud dead like we do, like our, the Cincinnati faction, which was you know me and Adam and then No Stom, uh, we did that Cloud Dead record, which now, was an extension of the Green Thing stuff. Now, what year was Cloud Dead's first? Because um, that started as a collection of singles. Kind yeah, of I, I think that came out in like two thousand okay. something like that. It's, now, now you you know enter Mush Records, right, right, right. Um, so Mush was kind of like. And Mush was already fucking with us in like '99, right? So it was kind of around the same time as Anaconda. And Mush was in Cincinnati, so they they were fucking. Mush with, was in Cincinnati. Yeah, I did not. They started know that. here. I yeah, Robert's from here. That. Okay. So so he was, you know, so it all it, that came through like Boom Bip, mm-hmm. and like I guess Adam met Boom Bip, and then Boom Bip hooked Adam up with with Robert and Mush, and Adam kind of became Mush's. He was employed at he some point. He was, like, point. working for much. Yeah, as the, like, the hip-hop liaison. It seemed like a lot of records that could have gone on Anaconda were on Mush and vice versa. Like, a lot of yeah. stuff was happening at the same time. Yeah, because, you know, Mush had, had it in, in his, Robert had it in his head that, okay, here's this scene that Adam is opening his eyes to, uh, and Robert's like, I love this shit. Let's right. let's put out all this shit. Adam Adam became basically the A and R for the hip hop side of things. How, how long? I mean, had Mush been around for a while at that point? Mush had been around for a little while, maybe since the mid nineties, doing like uh, dance records, like okay. down down tempo stuff, okay. uh, as well as like maybe even house music and stuff like that. And so and breakbeat records. When Cloud Dead comes out, is that like before or after Aesop Rock put out his record with Mush? Before. So you like the first kind of foray into that for Mush? Yeah, Adam Cloud signed Aesop Rock. Adam, oh, Adam wow. signed anything hip hop on 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 the label. Adam signed. Okay. Um, b- before Adam quit, and then right. and then Robert took over. Once he moved to L.A., he met you know. Reagan and all like all those guys, but Adam Adam hooked Reagan up too, I think. Okay. Um, maybe you would he, you would know better than me, probably. I mean, I, that that part of it very in the dark. Reagan is bus driver, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I, I gotta sorry. use people's code. Names. No, no, no. It's not even that you have to. It's funny because uh, you know I get I get notes from the people who. Are, yeah, yeah. Who the like, fuck is? Yeah, yeah. They're like you gotta you gotta kind of keep us in the loop a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. No idea what you're talking about half the time, but um. So he signs Aesop Rock. So Cloud Dead happened. Cloud Dead is like really successful. Right? right. So what happened was out of that whole scene, the shit that I happened to be involved with was the most successful thing. Right. So we got signed to, to and so that's how I got accepted into the Anaconda group. They're like, okay, all right, fine. He's cool. He's all now right. you're, I mean, you're doing production and rapping at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So I like was. all of you guys are kind of producing. But I wasn't. Right? Sort of. I mean, there were dudes that were better at production than others, and I was not. That I didn't know technical shit that well. Like I, I wouldn't consider myself to to be that great of production until, like, I started to get a handle on it. Maybe in like, oh one, oh two. Okay. That's when I started to do it a lot. But at that time, you know, No Stom did, you know, the bulk of the production on that cloud on that first Cloud Dead record. I did like. A, a six minute chunk you know and and a few other little odds and ends mm-hmm. um, that chunk with my brother I did and, 
but you know, um, yeah, it was mainly like that sound is the no stop sound. Okay. Like that sound of that record. Right. I'm falling off the side of the boat, and when I hit water, I'm falling off the side of the boat. I fall asleep, hope tomorrow tastes like. So, Cloud Dead being successful, like, I mean, like, how many records did Cloud Dead sell? Like, the, the first Cloud Dead record? I don't know, yeah. but. but it was a good amount. Yeah. It was enough. It was enough that Robert put us all on tour in a bus and expected the shit to explode. And we realized that record sales, you know, happen in New York, L.A., and Chicago. So everywhere in between. And wasn't it, <laughs> cracking yeah. So yeah, the the, the tour kind of tanked. Hmm. Um, Who were y'all on the road with? Was it just you guys? It was a it was a mush tour. So that was two thousand two though. I remember seeing. This is later on, of course, because uh, I put a, I didn't, you know, I got signed to Mush in 2010 or nine, mm -hmm. 2009. So, I like I remember going back through their MySpace page and seeing like, oh, there was a Mush tour at one right, point. Right. Like, it was, but it was it was fucking legendary, man. Yeah, it, was like, it had to be. That was the first big tour that we did, and it was on a bus, and it was like. Now, I'm sorry, I, and I interrupt you before you finish. But who was it? Who else was on okay. tour with you guys? So it was uh, Cloud Dead was headlining. Reaching Quiet, which was... I don't know who that is. That was me and No Stom. Oh, It was okay. all this incestuous shit. You oh, know I mean? so just different combinations of you. Okay. Yeah, sort of. So, yeah. And, but, I had a, but I had a band with that. Okay. And that was like a big thing because like... Reaching Quiet? Reaching Quiet. Okay. Because that was the precursor to Why, mm. basically. It was a five-piece band. And like... I got a lot of interest from record labels and shit having seen it because it was now, a, it was a good show, it was and, a tight show. And for the reaching quiet stuff, are you doing all the songwriting for that? Or uh, well, uh, me and me and No Time. Like, okay. So he was he would produce, but that's when I started producing. So I, I produced you know a portion of those songs and he produced uh, the other half okay. and we did some stuff together, uh, and. And I was doing the vo I did all the, vo the vocals on it. So it's it's Cloud Dad, it's Reaching Quiet, and and then um, Dose One and Boom Bip. They okay. had a record called Circle. That yeah, was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a much record. I had yep. that. And then it was Radioactive. Wow. Yeah. Lab Tech One. Wow. From Baltimore. So this really was every all the it rappers. Was a lot. It was basically all the rappers Except on Aesop Rock. It seemed he like. wasn't. I don't think his shit was out at that okay. time. Okay. It was all the, the early the early mush rappers that that Adam got signed, you know, because he had heard like, you know, we got it, through the tape trade, yeah. you know, we would get shit from California and we got the lab tech shit. But he, the lab tech shit he had real early, I think. Adam, like. I think he played me some of that shit like the first couple times I hung out with him in 97. What was the worst place on that tour? You remember what the worst show was? You said, I know LA, New York, probably yeah. the best ones. What do you think was the, was, was the one where you're like, okay, this is just... I mean, there was some, you know, like there were a lot of shows where there was just a few people, like weird, weird, like South Carolina, like, like one of those towns, I don't even remember which town it was, but where, you know, just like weird, you know. Um, you still, I mean, I ran into weird shit like that later too, you know, yeah, 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 it happens, sure. it happens. Sure. Um, but you seem to, to get a sense of that, that equation on that tour just kind of wasn't sustained. Yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. But then London was hyped. Okay, and like, so did y'all do a whole European leg or? We did, like he sent some of us, like, I feel like some people had to get cut and no like bands difference. had to get, you know, shrunk down, shrunk down shit like that. And then, uh. 
we did a, Euro a European leg, which was only like four or five shows. It was like Berlin, Paris, uh, London, and like another England show or something. And um, yeah, that like in London was like a major thing because like all these labels were interested in reaching quiet mm -hmm. and called him, and I took meetings with all these labels, and it was like I mean, this whole thing. Much didn't put that out. Much did put it out, they but did put out they didn't have European distribution. I see. Yeah, I see. I yeah. See. So anyway, yeah, that that happened in, in two thousand two, and then yeah, after that, it, it, you know, like I I I made the first. Official Y record in 2002. In 2002, and it came out in 2003. Now, what's that one called? Oakland Asylum Asylum. Okay. And that one was supposed to be demos for a Reaching Quiet album that we were going to make and put out possibly on like Domino or like one of these labels that were talking to me. Now, Domino being as a European, being in England, England yeah, a British label. But I was, you know, all this shit. I had all this guilt because I was thinking about well. Why you know I should just cut Mosh out of the equation like and do straight Anaconda just, stuff? No, just go straight Domino. Okay, and do that and you know so I was thinking about doing that, but in the end I, I played the stuff for Nostom who was you know a part of Reaching Quiet and he was like man this shit sounds pretty finished. He's like you should just put this out as it is you know. Um, and how did you put it out? As it was on I mean, on Anaconda. Oh, Anaconda. Oh, yeah, Anaconda. I put it out on Anaconda and then basically. From then, it was that pretty successful. The first one. I mean, it did it did all right. Yeah, because we. I mean, I basically I did it myself, the album, but then I put a band together to tour on it, which was similar to the Reaching Quiet shit. But it was a good live show. It was a real good live show. It was good players. It was my brother and Doug, and then ended up going with uh, this dude Matt Meldon um, on that tour, and we we were good. We were a good band. We adapted the songs well, and we had good energy, and uh, you know, and so that that helped a lot. Okay. That got us some attention, and basically, the people that came and saw us were the people that that knew a little bit about Cloud Dead, you know. Right. Right. So you know, you start with those thirty, forty people that might come into town, and then we just grunt. And from then on, we just ground it out. So was it? I mean, did, did most of your energy start to go to Y at that point? The second Cloud Dead record too, right? Yeah, but it, but why was like my thing? Yeah. So that's where we're gonna end for right now. It's part one with our interview with Yoni Wolf. The next episode of Secret Skin will feature part two of that interview, where he gets more into developing the sound of why, investing his attention in that, and how that began to pay off and reward him in terms of his solo career and accolades apart from Anacon. And thank you guys for listening today. And as always, here is a rap song that is unreleased. I'm not going to tell you what this is because I might get in trouble for sharing this. But if you don't tell anybody, then I won't. See you next time. Life's kind of sucky, bro. If you're hearing this, consider yourself lucky, though. Most adults program for guppies Baby cuddle bunny in the box full of puppy show Roll fro like Pam Greer Don't say bro bruh, say man's ear 
Yeah. Any karaoke fans? If so, never get drunk and do cashmere. Not a good choice. And white rappers quit rapping and your hood voice sound like a clown hundred pounder that took roids. Don't do videos or tracks with your back to the cameraman. Phones get the family packing. Big data plan. 99 problems with a damn good summer song. If you got more than like three, then something's wrong. You're drowning in quicksand. You're flailing in the water. Your hands are waving all frantic You'll die within the hour Unless you do what we tell you to do So you should do what we tell you to do Yeah, yo Here's a voice I would never beat around Don't do Koreatown in a Madea gown you know, like a moo Never buy used from that dude, Joey Suzu If you find yourself down in Southern Illinois Cop a mixtape from DJ Snowy Boo Boo That's a real person And don't start them arguments A show charge to an art numb parliament Stand guard by your dart gun armament And learn parts like a sharp tongue artisan And tell a lie to CIA torturers Don't buy weed from a guy named Mortimer Buy bank forfeitures and foreclosures If you start to lose your hair, skip the comb over when you're home, open a game with the Oreo. The journalist should never write a slang editorial. You're drowning with sand. You're flailing in the water. Your hands are waving all frantic. You'll die within the hour. Unless you do what we tell you to do. So you should do what we tell you to do. Yeah, yo, write fly raps by the hundreds, but don't keep shooting if you can't buy a bucket. Quit hot dogging it, it's not baller, it's soak it up every last drip drop, all of it. Broke rappers get a job, wrist watch, polish it on tax time, write it off to hip hop politics. Yeah, and if you talk to the medicals, only share your thoughts that are soft and acceptable. Two rice cakes, no salt on your vegetables, for Christ's sakes, never kick a dog in the testicles. If your shit is high stakes, rest to impress yo, yes. Y'all only get a less Paul decibel And if they try to burn it down Make a murmur sound Never stop and pram On that Las Vegas turnaround Take it further down You can do it man Do your own friendly neighborhood Superman You're drowning with sand You're flailing in the water Your hands are waving all frantic You'll die within the hour Unless you do what we tell you to do Like Tebow's minutes is mommy beer, but please no Guinnesses. If you cry, people may believe your innocence. Leave no witnesses, or don't even do no criminal shit to begin with. It's chill, shit.